Welcome back, fine townsfolk and Lisa, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am your host, Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are to pull a random monster from a random monster manual. This week in front of me, I have Volo's Guide to Monsters, a Dungeons & Dragons 5e monster deep dive. And we are open to page 135. And the you're not going to get it, Matt, so I'm just going to dive in. But uh, we have one of Volo's handwritten notes here. If you meet a human and there's something fishy about them, they might be a deep scion or a crook or just a fishmonger. Sometimes fish stink is just fish stink. <laughs> so we're doing deep scion. Words of wisdom from Volo. Vol Volothamp, I think is his full name. Deep scion. Deep scions begin life as people who were stolen from shore or saved from sinking ships and offered a terrible bargain by an undersea party. Surrender, body and soul, or drown. Those who submit are subjected to an ancient ritual widespread among evil aquatic creatures. Its methods are painful and the result never certain, but when it works, the magic transforms an air-breathing person into a shape-changer that can take a form that is fully at home beneath the waves. A deep scion emerges from the depths in service to its underwater master, which is likely a kraken or some other ancient being of the deep. While wearing the mind and body of the person it once was as a sort of mask, the creature is bent on fulfilling its master's desires. Sometimes a deep scion returns to its former home and a hero's welcome, unexpectedly found alive when all hope was lost. At other times, the deep scion takes on a new identity. In any case, it is the deep scion's duty to infiltrate the air-breathing world and report back to its master. When set to its task, a deep scion worms its way into the life of an unsuspecting enemy as a new best friend, an irresistible lover, the perfect candidate for a job, or in some other role that enables the minion to carry out its master's commands. The training to which a deep scion is subjected rids it of empathy for those whom it spies on. Though one might behave as though infatuated, laugh at the joke of a friend, or appear incensed at some injustice, each of these acts is artificial to the deep scion, a means to an end. It believes that its true form is the shape it takes when it returns to the sea that it thinks of as home. Ironically, however, a deep scion that is killed when in its Piscine form is stripped of the magic that robbed it of emotion, leaving behind the corpse of the person the deep scion once was. Okay, that's the big, the big deep delve. We're not even going to get into, we don't even need to get into stats just yet. It is a CR, it's only a challenge rating three. Oh, let me show you the picture too, Matt. Oh, that is cool. Pretty cool looking, right? Yeah, I like that. So just just those three paragraphs, there's a lot that that comes to mind here. I definitely see a lot of a lot of campaign potential, a lot of more than just random encounter potential. For sure. A couple of things I want to point out, however, those who submit are subjected to an ancient ritual widespread among evil aquatic creatures. That implies that it's just a well-known ritual that all of the really powerful ones, doesn't matter if it's all Krakens, it could be a Kraken and a Leviathan and a SpongeBob and all of these like really under underwater powerful things. They all happen to know this one ritual. Yeah. And they all happen to know it and they all happen to pass it down to their, their uh, 
progeny. Right? It's it's that's a very interesting detail. I'm not sure they meant it that way, maybe per se, but it's still that's the way that I read it. And it's 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 kind of funny, but also it could be also could be a really cool story hook. You know, if you see multiple of these things and you recognize them for for what they are because they can shapeshift into other into looking just like regular humanoids so if you get past that point and you recognize them for what they are it's not like you can say oh this is this is the kraken's work you know you you just don't know if if you know enough of the lore otherwise you see one and you've seen one before that was sent by the kraken you assume it's the kraken and it's not you know, it's 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 Patrick or or Mr. Krabs. I don't know any other I don't know any other powerful sea creatures, so I'm stuck with SpongeBob references. And I apologize. Aquaman. Aquaman, Namor. Yeah. Na- yeah. Yeah. It's this is definitely something that Aquaman would do trying to thinking he was doing something good, you know, thinking he was trying to save and he he really just just transforms a an, an innocent human. Yeah, he's he's the genesis for this whole thing. Yeah, I, I would actually I he started it. Mm-hmm. I could see uh, just a really cool, almost a council of of these creatures Ooh. that all take part in this ritual. Like you're maybe you're captured or something along those lines, but then you're brought in front of the Leviathan, the Kraken, the the Merfolk. Or, yeah, just a collection uh, of all the the really yeah, powerful I, baddies under the sea. A dragon turtle, yeah, like all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And then, yeah, and you don't know what's going on, but what what can you do when you are face to face with this kind of almost elder god ish mm-hmm. type creatures? Like you have to take the deal. Yeah, you don't you don't know you don't you can't see their levels. It's just skulls floating above their heads. They're that they're that big and powerful. And may- oh yeah, flashing red skulls. Yeah, and maybe as the as the DM, they have an NPC in their party, and that's the one who gets picked for this and gets turned into the deep scion. You know, just so they so the party can see what happens. And it's only it's only challenge three. This is so if you're throwing your party at these things and wanting to expose them to this ritual at the same time it's not like they'll have a whole lot of time to really get invested in that npc in their party but if you start him at one and you put him through the ringer enough with this guy in their party and make him useful or her useful then then they they could be invested enough to really be kind of distraught when they get turned into a deep scion i think i think you've from one to three it's it's going to be close but you've got enough time to get them invested Absolutely. And honestly, just because you're going to see it at three doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see him at three. Like, maybe he gets turned into the Deep Scion, but the reveal is not until later. So it gives you that extra time. Because even once he's the Deep Scion, he is still... He could still kind of masquerade, right? So he could maybe get turned into the Deep Scion and you just keep him... You know, you level him up or do whatever, mm-hmm. and you almost use that more as flavor or story hook as opposed to really 
sticking to the stats as written for a, a CR3 creature. Yeah, so so they start out in the party as the NPC. At some point, the party screws over the the, the dragon turtle. They they this NPC disappears for a day or whatever, comes back. Yep, and it takes four or five levels for them to realize something's going on. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, the the ability t- for them to to completely stay their normal selves, but also have the, this added power and the fact that they are they are just a minion of something greater is definitely is definitely some good fodder to use against like to make it really personal against your party. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean your your barbarian just absent-mindedly throws a uh, one of those six-pack rings over the side of a boat. <laughs> That's it. Yep. And then a big tidal wave comes and all of a sudden the NPC is dragged out to sea. Yep. The the lord of and, the seagulls is pissed. Exactly. And you you presume that you're never going to see him again. Yeah. You know, he's he's gone and then maybe there's a shipwreck, maybe there's maybe you guys just reach your destination mm. and then a day later he comes walking out of the sea or or even and, just walks back walks into the tavern when you're there trying to collect oh, information yeah. or something. Soaking wet, mm-hmm. walks into the tavern. Yeah. You hey, you just, guys left me. Yeah, just continues <laughs> along like nothing happened. But he has he has a six-pack ring around his neck. Yes. It's, it's the ultimate punishment. Ah. So the 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 one other thing that I really wanted to point out in in the 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 writing is the last sentence. Ironically, however, a deep scion that is killed when in its Piscine form, which is that hybrid. So in the picture, it's got fins on its arms. It's got kind of an a, almost like a predatory mouth that kind of opens up with yep. flaps and it's got like fish jaws and then squid tentacles coming out of its head. That is the hybrid form it's referred to. When it's killed in its Piscine form, it's stripped of the magic that robbed it of emotion leaving behind the corpse of the person the deep scion once was. There's nothing ironic about that. <laughs> if if you're saying if it if it gets killed in its Piscine form, it's stripped of the magic that robbed it of its emotion, and then it has to experience all of the emotions right before it dies, that's ironic. The fact that it reverts back into its human form when it dies, nothing ironic about that. No, and that's almost expected, right? I would think, at that point. Yeah. No, I think you play it the other way. I think you play it the way you, you said it, where it has this, you know, pre-death flash of of just cognitive ability mm-hmm. where it everything just washes over it. And so maybe it's in its death throes. And you see, as the party, either you kill it or it gets killed. Mm-hmm. And then it reverts back and you just see this wave of emotion wash over its face and its last words are, I'm sorry, or something along yeah. those lines. And then it yeah. dies. Almost like there are only so many charges to this ritual. Maybe maybe it's tied to a specific altar or something. So so when the, the Deep Scion dies, that charge gets returned and they can make a new one. I like that. Yeah, because that... That would make sense because if it's reverting to its 
original form, right. its human form. That magic whatever. is being pulled back. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's almost like that's always there. It this is just a host, yeah. So it's just going to jump from from host to host, right? So it's like so it's a, it's a location specific or an item specific thing that you could easily tie into whatever you have built in for your campaign. Make it an altar, make it an idol, or or a, an amulet, something. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. So some stats. We said he's a, a challenge three, armor class 11, 67 hit points. In, in human form, he's got a 20-foot swim speed, 40 in hybrid form, because he's, he's got those little flippers, those little fins. He speaks Aquan Common and Thieves Can't. That's interesting. A little interesting detail. Instead of his own, their own little specific language, which I guess would, would fit into Aquan. But I guess I guess thieves can't could be more of a general like it's their specific type of thieves can't because so, I can't imagine everybody has. I, I can't imagine thieves can't is a universal where people from Waterdeep have the same understanding as people from, I don't know, uh, uh, Menzo Baranzen, you know, if we're going for the actual D&D universe. Sure. Well, yeah, I think that's that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if we. The slang for in the United States is much different than the slang in even Canada, much less a, a country that doesn't really have English as a as a primary language. Yeah, right. And 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 every language has their own slang. But even even upstate New York to to Boston has their they they have their own that too. Know, yeah. So they everybody has their own bubble. So there will there will be different versions of that so i think i think that's how i would interpret the thieves can't yeah so it's not like maybe maybe you give the rogue a maybe you give them advantage on trying to understand it but it's still kind of a higher dc yeah they there are a couple crossover phrases words Mm -hmm. something along those Mm -hmm. lines but it's it's definitely not a as he speaks it the rogue will know yeah and actually, the 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 one we're going to discuss after this for next week's episode kind of ties into the the language thing and being able to understand and, and cross cross pollinating languages that that we'll get into that. So he has he has a, a shape changer form or shape changer ability rather. He has that humanoid Piscine form, and he can go back and forth to his, his, the regular humanoid form when they die. They go back to their true form, and I guess they could polymorph into any humanoid because it can be the same person. In the, in the description, it sounded like it could be the same person who comes out, or it could be someone else to to better infiltrate. Interesting. Yeah. And they're amphibious. They can breathe air and water in hybrid form. They get a multi-attack of one bite and two claws. In humanoid form, they've got a battle axe. In hybrid form, they've got a bite. Hybrid form, they've got a claw. In hybrid form only, they have a psychic screech, which is a, a recharge of short or long rest. It's your standard fear. Wisdom saving throw, or be, I'm sorry, it's not a fear, it's a stun, actually. They're stunned until the deep science next turn. In water, the psychic screech also telepathically transmits the deep science memories of the last 24 hours to its master. Oh regardless of distance, so long as it and its master are in the same body of water. 
That is cool. That's a neat little touch. Yep. And in the ocean, you're always in the same body of water. That's. I mean, it. They're all connected at some some way. You that's know? true. Hmm. That that's a that's a bit semantic and loopholey. And I sure. I don't necessarily foresee that ever really coming into play in a D and D game. <laughs> I'd, I'd love I'd love the DM to be that nitpicky though. Like, mm, there's not even a stream connecting you. No. Yeah, and honestly, there's. I don't, I'm not even. I'm not sure how that would even come into, because he's not calling for help or anything like that. No. He's not looking for reinforcements. It's literally just, uh, uploading data, basically. Right. It's going back to the cloud, but it's the opposite of the cloud. So it's the puddle. He's up. It's just backup. That's all. It's backing up his memory. The puddle. Yeah. Yep. You heard it here first, people. The puddle. So the the big the big campaign thing for me that I'm thinking about is that they are an agent of this this greater power who is for some reason spying on an enemy, some enemy, some perceived some maybe they maybe only to this this greater power. Let's let's just pick let's pick one for the rest of the discussion. Who's the greater power? What have we done water related? Crab crab man? Is it a crab man? Crab crab man. There you go. <laughs> a were shark. A were sh- oh yes, a were crab man. So the were crab man could maybe maybe it's not an actual enemy. Maybe they're just so spiteful and maybe it's a lot like the beholder where they're they're so paranoid that they just perceive this as their enemy. Everyone's an enemy. Everyone's basically. an enemy, maybe, yeah. So you can get... I, I see a lot of opportunity for intrigue. I see, depending on how badass you make... Depending on how badass you make the the were crab man, it could be silly. It could be grounds for a silly campaign or a silly ad- portion of the adventure. But, But it's certainly... It's certainly enough to make the the fabled on the water adventure or even just island hopping or something on the coast. There's enough there to, I think, flesh out a, a, a pretty solid adventure. I think so, too. I think it. there is so much iceberg beneath the tip that is the deep scion. Yes, it, yeah. That's one of those things where when you get to the end and, you know, you're, you're at your last session or whatever, then that's when you can just let it all out and you can, you know, if the party really is interested, they can learn all the, the lore mm. that you've created and all that and everything that this deep scion has has been a part of that they just don't even see. Yeah, it's very... Like G- James Bond villain, where at the end the, the the villain has to spill the exposition, and then you get those flashbacks in your players' minds of like, oh my god, that's this, and that's this, and that's this, and this is how it all fits together. Yep, that's one way to do it, and sometimes particularly because because you there's only so much you can do as a DM. Maybe maybe you take the route that you're doing in our game, Matt, and giving us like a paragraph or two of cutscene before the game even starts, something that kind of relates to the players' 
but it's it's not them experiencing it firsthand. Maybe that's some way to kind of build on on what's going on behind the scenes a little bit into the mythos. So it's it's kind of giving them little nuggets and little pieces of information that that eventually when it starts out you're like, "Well, why did why did you tell me that?" And then particularly if you if you play frequently enough and regularly enough that there aren't enough there aren't giant chunks of time in between where where it's easier to forget these these details that you can kind of build this background story and see how it interrelates and maybe you create just a specific character for those scenes and you see them going through something and you're not sure and then finally five five levels down the road a couple of of a, a decent handful of these scenes later they meet this character and and it's the onus is on them to to not to not recognize quote unquote because their characters wouldn't know so they they can't meta this part but i think that's a fun way or maybe maybe you give it to them in dreams maybe i mean that's an easy way to deliver some some information as well you know and you sure, all yeah. dream the same dream you know but but then yeah, you would, you're a... then you'd have to explain why they're all having the same dream but you can work that in magically or or something like that but you're in a specific location where that is just what that is known to happen mm-hmm. like it's a church or it's a kind of a haunt not haunted but maybe like an enchanted type woods yeah you know a Lothorian yeah. type thing yeah it's it's like ley ley lines it's a convergence of ley lines so the the realms are are weakened you know there's bleed over yeah the best thing about D&D, one of the best things, is that you can pretty much explain just about anything. <laughs> yeah. Either with magic or or some other sort of mm-hmm. of explanation. Right. Right. There there is enough when in doubt, hashtag magic. But also yeah. also there are no in general, there are no constrictions. So what you say goes. If you want them to be sleeping in a in a in a circle of mushrooms, you know? then the spores get in there and they all communicate the same dream or something, whatever you want. Seriously, your imagination is the limit when it comes to being a DM. I mean, don't, don't go crazy over the top and, and just God mode yourself because then you may be hampering the, the play of your players. You know, it should always, I'm I'm of the firm belief that the DM should always be serving the players. It's not it's it's still cooperative between the players and the DM. It's not it's not com- combative. Yep, it's not just your story. Yeah. Basically. Right. Right, your story would be nothing without them. Mm-hmm. If 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 you want it to be your story, go write a story. Exactly. So any any thought any more thoughts on a campaign for the Deep Scion, how you're going to fit them in? I'm sure there are, are other other tweaks and adjustments that can be made to the story. Sure. I like the idea of maybe even playing on the the sea or the open sea even more, mm. having a almost a pirate campaign. Sure. Where the either that's what you're in the deep scion would be infiltrating is like a, a some kind of pirate ship, an enemy ship, something along those lines, or maybe having an entire an entire ship of these creatures. Like they 
the the where crab man has used all of the charges in his amulet to create this this ship that can go around and do his bidding a full ship's worth yeah exactly i would also like to see and this would obviously be incredibly collaborative with the the players but what if a pc was transformed into the deep scion oh wow where instead of the, the, you can basically take what we said about the NPC, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, they were washed out to sea, then, and so on and so forth. Maybe they're not going, maybe ahead of time, the, the, the player says, hey, I have to go out of town for the next week or for the next session or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here. So at the end of the previous one, they get washed out to sea somehow. So they're not there. And then they come back. And oh, so so the rest of the party doesn't know, you're saying. Exactly, exactly. The rest of the party doesn't know, and you... I mean, this is incredibly collaborative with that one specific player, mm-hmm. but you are... You're talking to them, maybe it's a character that they, they like, but they're maybe interested in playing a different one, so they're going to kind of see this one through for another level or two. Yeah. And give it kind of a really cool hook and then if it dies then you you have that kind of moment and you get them to really play it up i think this would be a good thing for someone that is a very very role player heavy type type individual yeah they could they that character could just get passed over to the dm but they're dying i think particularly with the idea of what we said when they die and that magic gets pulled away and then they feel those emotions yep. again. That's a really nice role play moment for your player if you think they're up to it, if you think they, that they would be comfortable with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't just push this on anyone. Mm-hmm. Definitely something where you, A, you talk to the player and make sure they're comfortable with it, but B, you also know your player enough to, to realize that this is the kind of thing that they might really get a get a charge out of mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And yeah, I think it would be a fun way if they're they don't want to play the character anymore. This is a fun way to have it kind of go out with a bang instead of just yeah, he just kind of rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Or, you know, his story is done, let's just get a new character. And it's it's a little more it's a little more work on the players part too so 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 it's basically saying it's the dm saying listen we can't just swap out characters whenever we want so i need you to do something for me and then i'll let you do it yeah basically there's a trade-off there and to the greater narrative basically Mm -hmm. uh you you don't want like you said you don't want to just swap out characters it's very rarely do you see any kind of narrative where it's just, okay, this character leaves and this character comes in. Like, there has to be a reason, there has to be a a, a way to work that in. And I think that, you know, saying, okay, you give me another th- three or four sessions with this character, mm-hmm. and we'll work this storyline through, and then as soon as it's done, have your backup character ready, and we'll we'll introduce so-and-so however you want. Yeah, let, let me set up a really cool exchange. Yeah, because you don't want you don't want to set the precedent where your players can can just like we said swap in and out w- with no 
with no repercussions, I guess, for lack of a better term. But also you don't yeah. want your player to just be hating their character. You want them to be invested. So it's a fine, it's a fine line, particularly early levels. I'm always very willing to to let my players swap in and out or or tweak their build a little bit. I don't if you're thinking long long term, it does no one any service to be like, nope, that's what you chose. You know, it's it's oh, yeah. it's not there's no benefit to that. There's no benefit. No, to not that. at all. You you gotta you gotta let them put the gloves on and stretch their fingers and see how they really like it. Because it's 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 all about them enjoying themselves. The more they enjoy themselves, the more I enjoy the whole experience. I think. Yeah, they have to be comfortable in the in the clothes that they're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. One last thing about the the using the PC particularly is it reminds me of I don't know if you've ever played any of those those games. It's like there's one that's like a, the werewolf or something where the the one it's a party game and there's the one person who's the werewolf and everyone's the villagers and the farmers or I think there's a vampire version. I've played one where it's kind of just like an espionage someone's a spy and no one knows no one every everybody knows that there is a spy but no one knows who the spy is and they put in their vote clandestinely like nobody knows who's voting who the spy is and things like that so it's it's everybody's trying to root out who the bad guy is so so there's and the bad guy is working toward his own goals while trying not to get caught as well uh, those games are are I'm I am the worst at them. You can ask you can ask Brandon. I think he played with us once or twice when when we were in Connecticut. I am so bad, unbelievably bad. I don't know why I can't convince anyone. Maybe it's because I just I try not to lie in general in life. So I, I I I'm out of practice. But it's it's so much fun. But it's so frustrating, especially when you're 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 playing the spy or. I've never played the werewolf version. That would be a lot of fun, but okay. So I think that's good for, for deep scion. How many, how many psychic screeches with the requisite short and long rests in between? Obviously. I would say given the campaign potential, the PC potential. Yeah, this is, I think this is the first time we've seen a really cool, hook idea for for the pcs particularly yeah especially like a long-term thing yeah. for sure I, other than we've had a little things here and there yeah other than just playing like saying like oh maybe you can play this as a race exactly i would have to go a solid eight with it okay i like that actually i, I didn't think beforehand to guess but i do i do like the eight I'm, I'm good with that i think yeah there's a lot here that you can do and most of it is not even contingent on the CR three. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. it's mostly just this is the campaign we're doing this, or this is the the piece of the campaign that we're doing, and this is the flavor that it's going to take. Yeah, I I think I think at this point we've done enough episodes where where we can recognize that if if it's really good campaign fodder. And it can really fit in as as a really interesting piece that fleshes out a, over a greater scale. The level doesn't matter. The combat doesn't matter. There are there were we, I think we've seen a couple where the combat is really cool. 
and could and the and the setup for a combat could be could be really complex and satisfying to run. But in terms of campaign, it's it's the lore, it's the background, it's it's the the mechanics of playing that character, not fighting that character. Absolutely. It's one of those things where you you don't even have to get to a combat. Yeah. But it's having that almost hanging over your head as this is your campaign or this is your this is your hook. That's what's more important. And yeah. I think that's what separates them from a just a random encounter to a a real campaign building, you know, the lore, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, of of certainly of all the water things that we've seen thus far, this has been the most beefy, I think, if I remember correctly. Everything else has been kind of I think something that we've the an idea that we've talked about is like pocket islands that are each certain things. We've only really yep. run into those, I think, thus far. But this is this could be a bigger thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't can't remember anything offhand. Even something that is so so far reaching and so I guess important to D and D as the Naga is not as campaign cool as this. Right. Right, the Naga. The Naga had some capability, some variety, but nothing, nothing more than just seeing a couple of versions of these things when, as you fight them, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Either for good or or evil, it's it it's just a presence. This is something that is way more, and it it goes beyond even the the deep scion. To like we were saying, to have that lore either with the Were Crab Man or <laughs> Namor or whatever pulling the strings, but whenever you have something behind the scenes pulling the strings, that's what really kind of pushes this into that that next level. Yeah, it's it's an odd, an odd analogy, but the 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 Deep Scion is the Deep Scion is the mushroom. And you see the mushroom, but there's, it still has the, it still has all those threads and cilia and roots underneath that stretch for miles. I mean, in, in our world, a real thing, like the biggest living organism is a stretch of basically a single mushroom that you see the, the the fruiting bodies above the ground, but its roots are miles and miles and miles underground. So that this, think of that as. PCs and enemies and things you're it's it's all there's there's so much more going on in the background and underneath and I think that's that's what our, our deep scion could really be it's a a, a squid mushroom squish room it's a squish room <laughs> heard it here first heard it here first deep scion squish room eight psychic screeches thank you so much for listening to random encounters we'll be back next week with another random monster from a random monster manual however while you're waiting for that, do us a favor, scoot on over to Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind. Give us a rating and a review. Five stars preferred, if you don't mind. And uh, and and we appreciate that. It helps other nerds find us, get to listen to us, talk about their games. Let us know what you think about any and everything. Reach out to us, moms at fecklessmoms.com. Can't wait to hear from you and can't wait to talk to you next week about another random monster. Thank you. Bye.
E. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.